are back with the Uncommon Cast. And if you have not noticed, and those of you watching for the very first time, this is what we look like. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> we have moved from the treehouse to the table. That's Welcome right. to the table, friends. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we're all feeling a little um, sad about the loss of the treehouse. R.I.P. It's still there. It's still standing. It's right. It's, it's just, right out there. It's it's, it's yeah. in the backyard. It, the setup it's wet. It's cold. Is way easier, and we can have fancy lights and <laughs> video. And sit in adult-sized chairs, so... And today, we have our dear friend, Laura, who's here with us as a guest. And to squeeze you into the treehouse... Would have been tricky. ...is a feat to have mm-hmm. four people in the treehouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, we welcome you to the table in a far more comfortable setting to have a conversation <laughs> with someone we love. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It's so fun to be here at the table with the Uncommon cast. And um, although the treehouse is a lot of fun... You know, it's fun to hear all the good conversations that are going to come out of you guys over here at this table in the future. Hey, and don't think we can't take you on a field trip to the treehouse after, after this. this. Totally. Yes. But it's going to be dark. And, and cold. Cold. <laughs> we're, we're San Diegans. Yeah. No joke. <laughs> it's like dipping into the 40s tonight, guys. <laughs> at any rate, um, we're super glad to be in this new space um, and have Laura as our first guest Uh you will always get the prestige of being the first guest at the table. So well, I am pretty competitive. That's so, exciting. You know, that I is know. something I'm going to wear proudly <laughs> in the community. In fact, like right now, just as Don, as Don talks, I will get a picture of you to share on social media. That I'm you at the table. Are the first at the table. <laughs> Don, you're in it. Don, you're oh, right. Okay. Hello. Numero yeah. uno. Um, so, Laura, as we get started, I would just love if you just tell us a little bit about you. Right. And then and then we'll dive in. But for the people that don't know you, give them give the people a little tidbit. Well, hello everybody, and welcome to um, the new table. And um, my name is Laura Haver, and I am a mom. I am a writer, and I'm a coach. Um, there's been a lot of fun stuff I've been up to in my life, but right now I'm really uh, excited about my new project that I'm working on. is a parenting book called Whirlwind Parenting. And it's been really fun for me to use all the different passions I've had in my life and like see how they are all coming together now. And so, you know, I'm just, I really love to learn and I love people and I just love to be able to help people to have the best life that they can have. So one little known fact about Laura that she didn't share is that her and her sister are, were, are, were uh, professional beach Tennis players, professional <laughs> beach tennis. Yes, I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> See, new to them, and they've known you guys for a while. Yeah, beach tennis. It's an interesting sport where it's like um, beach volleyball meets um, badminton. Let's say so. It's a no bounce, all doubles tennis on the sand. Really fun. Oh yeah, Super I think I've fun. seen you people. Yeah, well, we've yeah. been playing. I played it for <laughs> a long time. My sister and I were actually national champions, and we have been competing nice. on the world tour. Although it's been considerably scaled back now due to all the restrictions with COVID. So yeah. this is still yeah. ongoing. I feel like, <laughs> how did we not know this about you? It was on pause for a long time. So I played 10 years ago is when we were national champions. and We played in the world championships in Italy. And we, um, then we got married. We had babies. And like the pro tour in the U.S. kind of took a pause. And then slowly people started rebuilding it. And then like maybe two years ago, I saw people playing in a tournament in PB. And I was like, what? This is happening still? So we started back up. And there was a huge 
big world beach tennis world beach games through the um, Olympic committee that was supposed yes. to be in San Diego. And then sadly that got moved. Like we didn't raise enough money. And so it got taken out to the middle East and it was a huge bummer, huge oh, bummer man. for me because it was going to be a massive opportunity to promote the sport. Either I got to play on the team cause I was close to making the top four in the United States. Um, but yeah, then she's legit, I was guys. gonna. If I wasn't gonna play it, then I was gonna promote it. It was gonna be on Mission Beach. They rented out the beach for a whole month, you guys. And I was so sad when it when it fell through. But um, that has led me to the new path, going back into my writing and going I back into it. my coaching. I when the when the beach tennis stopped because I had sponsors, and I was you know working it from all angles as mm. a promoter, ambassador of the sport, and also as an athlete. So I'm I I was sad and I was missing that. So I wanted to reapply those those things and that's where i got back into writing into coaching so, yeah so man interesting side story so if anyone yeah. wants to play beach tennis you know how to hit me up we <laughs> uncommon uncommon team yeah right <laughs> start a league well you know we do have the only um public court is in lake poway so lake poway is the only permanent beach tennis court in san diego wow so right in the neighborhood it's a thing i want to make wow. t-shirts i have a t-shirt design in my mind right now Perfect. Because yes. anything, that, no matter what it is, Ryan wants to make t-shirts, even if we only do it we'll once. We'll talk later like, on some more t-shirt making awesome. I love ideas. <laughs> I have other titles for you, by the way. Perfect. I know you gave your titles, but one, you are just overall a creative and, and like just following you, you know, in our social media and everything like that. Everything you do with your family, with your kids and all your ideas, um, you're so creative and you are also an encourager. You've been an encourager for us yeah. and with us since day one. And uh, so I love that we have also the other titles mm. of you for creative and encourager. Well, thank you. That means a lot to me. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. And my family is just such an important piece of my life. And I'm just so blessed to have such an amazing family. And that's like what motivates me to give back and to share what I've been able to learn through my family and my experiences and give that back to people. So mm -hmm. yes, I just love being a motivator. I, I just Those are my things that I'm drawn to. Those are my talents from God. And I'm just like to be able to share them. So thanks for having me here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So as we dive in, um, you and I got to talk briefly about um, your book concept a little bit, and I just think that while this book is directed towards parenting, you and I both agreed that there are like so many things that we can apply um, to life and adulting, <laughs> which can we just agree? Adulting is the freaking worst. <laughs> Anyway, there's a silence. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a silence of agreement. It is. Yeah. It's like a, a deep heartfelt like <laughs> it's a roller coaster. Remember when we were little and we wanted to grow up? Look at us now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, paying I still want to grow up. Paying <laughs> bills, doing adult things. At any rate, um, I would just love for you to give us a little bit about this concept of living like what the whirlwind what is the whirlwind mm -hmm. um how might we know if we are finding ourselves in a whirlwind <laughs> what are some telltale signs um just give us an overview of like this kind of whirlwind living that you 
have okay, identified. So whirlwind living, it can be, you can relate it to parenting or you can just relate it to everybody, whirlwind life. We can all agree, as you say, mm-hmm. that things are coming at us left mm-hmm. and right. You know, there's, there's decisions to make, there's places to go, there's people to see, there's your inner desires, there's your inner wants, there's your childhood needs and mistakes. And there's so many things that are just flying around you every day. And I like to think of that as the whirlwind. So when we're in the whirlwind, we have a couple of options. We can be pissed off at the whirlwind. This whirlwind sucks. This is the worst. I can't stand this. I can't handle this. We can be angry about it. We can be a victim of it. Oh my gosh, how can I do anything? I have to do all these things, which sadly is one of my favorite go-tos, the victim. (laughs) How can I ever do it? There's too much. Like whatever, that's just my go-to. But you know, there's a lot of different ways you can approach the whirlwind. But there's another way you can approach the whirlwind, which is how can I ride the storm? How can I weather this like craziness that's happening to me? And how can I make peace with what's going on to do the best I can for myself and for whoever is in my life? And so part of the whirlwind is just taking time to acknowledge yourself and to actually acknowledge how good of a job you're actually doing. Because I think Mm. it's so easy to roll over that and just be like, but like if you actually stop and say, wow, what did I do well? today Mm -hmm. you know so that's a big part of the concept it's like acknowledging yourself and what you've actually done well and then you can still grow because there's always room to grow trust me there's a million (laughs) trillion things on my list i have like a book stack like this tall in my room but i don't know that's sort of like a brief intro to the whirlwind and then there's tools along the way to help you communicate with whoever you have your kids your friends your family but cat your cat? I don't know how it works for cats. I can't say that I haven't tested it out on animals. But um, but I bet Ryan's dog would be really good with the whirlwind communication. Um, we can call him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might knock over the table. But the, the best, the biggest surprise I found for myself in writing the book was how I could turn that communication with myself. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm really good at doing it for other people. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I just can automatically make myself wrong. Or, you know give myself a hard time or, you know, not be the supportive person that I am for other people with myself. So in writing it, I was like amazed by that. Mm. And I think that, you know, people are listening. I would just invite you to like, think about how you talk to yourself and think, and it's okay Mm -hmm. because you're going to do that. Like I'm going to keep doing that, even though I've studied this, even though I'm a communication expert, all this stuff, but you just have to keep moving forward in the whirlwind and accept that that's the way it's going to be. You can either embrace it, try to ride the storm or you can like just be pissed at the storm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's actually kind of a perfect uh, temperature of our time is being pissed at the storm. Mm-hmm. So right now with mm-hmm. pandemic and whether you're red tier, purple tier or whatever, whether you're running a business or working out a business, um, totally shifting what you do as a business. And you also have two presidents Right now, um, we have everything that has just gone on in politics, one not willing to let go and one stepping in. It's, it is a weird time. It is a whirlwind of life. Mm-hmm. We have kids that are going to school or not going to school and thinking about going back to school and everyone fighting about it. And what that the whirlwind title for the now is so good. And I think so many of us will go through a day adulting, mm-hmm. right, and feeling so tired at the end of the day that the the only way to cope is to put on Netflix and fall asleep. 
and you miss out on that time. Is that, is that what they mean by Netflix and chill? <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Just wondering. No. I don't know, guys. I but, don't know. But nice work if you can get it, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe we'll cut that one out. <laughs> there were no, so many won't. things I was going to say with that, and I, I edited it. <laughs> but, Okay. So after the whole Netflix Sorry. and chill thing. <laughs> no, but oftentimes, like, so that's yeah. the end of the night. There's yeah. very little time in your life where you end by going, let me reflect on my day. Let me think about what I did good and let me think about what I would change for tomorrow, which mm-hmm. is essentially like what you just said. And it reminds me, our friend, um, friends, Ken and Margie Blanchard. I was just thinking that, yeah. They always encourage that in a, re- in a life that is intentional mm-hmm. and a life that is- goes further, faster yeah. because of reflection. You end your day by going, what went well, what didn't, what could I do better tomorrow? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and then yeah. enter your day the next day yeah. by going, here, Here's I have an I intentionality to move forward in the whirlwind. And, and that's so good. You know what? I, I think, okay, speaking for me personally, and I know for you as well, Ryan, and maybe it's for a lot of people out there, um, we're really good at identifying what we don't do well. Mm-hmm. Like if I sat down to write a list of like the ways that I screwed up a day, the, it could be great. Like I'd be really good at it. Yeah. Um, taking the time to think about what I did right is a lot harder. And I think that um, that gap is what keeps us stuck oftentimes because we dwell on what we did bad or what we're not good at um, in the moment that we start to like accomplish a goal, we tend to move the finish line for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so we're like perpetual failures. Yeah. Because it's, it's (laughs) our default. It's like, yeah. Our default is to think about, Oh man, I mess. what did I do wrong? And, and I love what you're saying because it's counterintuitive to how we actually operate. Mm -hmm. This is actually looking at what you did. Right. Because then you are able to highlight what you do well and you can, keep doing those things and you can, and that'll help you work on the other things. Um, but I think it also like, if we're talking spiritual stuff, it makes me think of, of the narrative that we're fed, mm-hmm. the constant narrative of mm. you're bad, you're wrong, you're, you're a, a failure, sinner, you're broken. You, yeah. You're broken. You're mm. nothing without. And <clears throat> as true as some of those may, things may be, mm-hmm. That's not the starting pl- place, and that's right. not the starting place that God gave us. Well, and the message in those things is strive, mm-hmm. work harder, run faster, keep pushing, because just like we do in life, we continue to move the finish line of spirituality for ourselves. Like, yeah, there is never enough that we have done where we're like, okay, I'm good now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's also a natural process. So it's hedonic adaptation. So like, Ooh, so, big words. So yeah. things happen. So this is my happiness. vocabulary bell. <laughs> this is the, the happiness research. And okay, so this is not exactly the same, but it's a similar. It's like you reach something, you reach a point, and then whatever it was like exciting for you at first, then you're like, well, that's just normal. So that becomes baseline. So you have the skill or this thing that you're good at, and then that just becomes, well, you guys are good at podcasting. So now that's just baseline. Now we got to get even better at podcasting. And so you keep raising the bar on yourself, you know, so you're thinking about it in a more challenging way, you know, mm-hmm. so that's just inevitable. So there's things you can do to offset that, like yes, backset your us. reference point. So you backset your tell reference point. This. So it's yes. like, then you have to think back on what it was like before, right? 
and then you have to like recompare it. So and so like then you're, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a better way of explaining that one. You're doing you're great. Doing, yeah, okay, nice. so right here. As soon as you get used to something, then you have to think about what it was like before you had it, and then before you can appreciate you, it. you can appreciate what, all the things it took for you to get there. Because mm-hmm. like let's say before you guys started this podcast, for example, you probably. I don't know, maybe you did have a lot of background in this stuff, but you didn't know all these things. No. And then you just learned it, <laughs> right? You learned it, and then suddenly you forgot that you had to learn it, and then you have, you're just like, well, I need to take it to this new level, or you have to go on a new pursuit, and you kind of forget about the work that you did to get mm-hmm. to the point that you're at, you know? And so yeah. you can kind of like downplay your skills mm-hmm. and downplay what you went through, you know, forget about it. What what was that term that you said? You back, back the hedonic oh the uh, reference point yeah yeah back set. reset yeah reset your reference point I like that mm-hmm. I like that a lot that's great just some nerdy happiness research coming out <laughs> to you guys it's good because you know you always it's it's a paradox or it's it's always a balance of of the light and the dark because you know that um, I tell my kids all the time that the greatest thing I pray for every day and when they go to school is that they would develop a love for learning. And then I always talk about, too, that the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know, Yeah. right? And so even though you've picked up skills along the way and you've learned and learned and learned and grown and grown and grown, it makes you more and more aware of the areas that you lack or the more and more aware of the areas that you need to learn more, right? And you kind of have to hold the balance of I'm better than I used to be. Like I, I have gifts, I have skills, I have, you know, abilities, but I still want to continue to grow, but not have that devalue who you are. Right. And you always hold those both things in tension. And I think even like more importantly for me in that aspect is where am I going? Like, what am I going, what am I want to create? And like, what, how can I use my gifts from God to um, make the world better or make, you know, just Amen. like bless my life and like bring my light to other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times I think in the whirlwind, and especially in Southern California, when there's like, even in COVID, there's a million fun things to do all the time. You can fill yourself up and be super busy and you don't have chance to think, where am I going? What do I actually want? And so, you know, realigning your life with like your priorities and figuring that out. And I can um, give you guys, I have an article on my blog that's like steps you through like intentional living for any mm-hmm. listeners that want to we'll read link it. it. We'll yeah. link it to um, this podcast. Just taking the time to think about what's important. You know, I was doing that and I'm like, man. I'm not getting anything done that I want. What is going on? And then I finally sat back and I was like, oh, my priorities right now are my family and health. I'm spending a lot of time going to the grocery store. I'm spending a lot of time cooking, spending time working out and training. I'm like, oh, I'm actually accomplishing something. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you have to take stock of where you're at. Yeah. And you're going to mess up. I mess up all the time. And I tell my kids that too. Every night we say one mistake. We say a lot of things, but we say Mm -hmm. one mistake. What's one mistake you made today and what did you learn? Because I mm-hmm. want them to, be, unlike me, not be afraid of making mistakes. That's great yeah. to do that around the dinner table. I, I kind of have that practice with my two boys. Um, our prayers are kind of like thanking God back through the day of all the good things that happen and praying for tomorrow. And it's kind of, it's a, it's a practice of reflection, right? Um, but I love doing it around the dinner table and talking about, one mistake, like good things, mm-hmm. like high-low with your family, the highlights, yeah. the lowlights, right? It's or really like, funny when, when there's like a day when I've made like a particularly bad mistake <laughs> and they're like, well, what mistake did you make? And I can find myself being like, do I tell them about the really bad mistake I made? You know? So sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. It just depends on like, you know, what's appropriate. But um, it's, 
it's pretty funny and it and it keeps me like dialed in to keep on learning and like you know appreciating that and it's okay to make mistakes mm-hmm. you know that's a great practice of reflection yeah. and transparency with our kids mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. awesome well and the like self-forgiveness as a parent because <clears throat> you or know, as a human yeah um yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking parenting from from myself, from my perspective right now, some of the worst mistakes I make in the day is things I feel guilty about in my parenting. (laughs) And so having that that self-reflection and looking at what you did right Right. is actually really, really helpful. (laughs) And when we make mistakes with our kids or with our friends or with our family, like, like saying it's okay, like talking to them and telling them, all right, I made a mistake and owning up to it and practicing like modeling good behavior, especially for kids is really important mm-hmm. too, because you can't expect them. Like they don't, they can't be perfect. We can't be perfect. Mm-hmm. How can we expect them to be perfect mm-hmm. if right. we're still making mistakes in our totally. communication with them, you know? And so it's okay. Just keep working on cleaning it up and trying harder or just keep trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying again. <laughs> right. Trying again. Yeah. There you go. I think if we had more, tables like that in our homes, um, people would be less hung up on a judgy God. Because as you work Mm -hmm. theology into that, as you work in um, having conversations with your kids about transparency, this is what I did good, this is what I didn't, and God loves us all the same, then we don't, maybe hopefully you wouldn't grow up with a concept that God is only smiling upon you when you're performing well. Mm -hmm. And and like um, not encouraging when you're not. that would be that would be great to tie that theology into a child's upbringing of transparency and sharing around a table like that. Well, and and the term backsetting the the reference point, right? Like I think of backsetting our reference reference point to the fact that God made us and he said you're good as opposed to the here's here's all the ways that you're bad and this mm-hmm. is why I had to send my son the starting point, the reference point was, I made you good. The Genesis 1 instead yeah. of Genesis 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, exactly. At sin being the last point of reference. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. and sin is often the first point of reference for so many people that don't, ha- don't have a connection to faith, you know, don't have a relationship with God. Their first introduction to faith to God, to Jesus, is often through somebody telling them all of the ways that they have sinned. So that's usually the first, the first thing that they learn. Sadly, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. So it's not. It's you have to like teach the initial reference point because right. we've gotten so stuck on that Genesis three chapter. Mm-hmm. Which is not. It's, it's not to say it's not true, and right. it's not to say that we we throw it out. Right. It's just that. We, we're supposed to start from a different place. <laughs> um, and I think that that would help a lot of people um, to start there and recognize that God l- looks at us and is like, you're good. I love you. Mm-hmm. You're awesome. I created you. Um, and then go from there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then being able to look at all people like that, whether they yeah. have a totally different viewpoint than you and being able to be open and accepting, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I pray for a lot. Is yeah. that Especially in the United States that we can come together you know, and we can communicate and talk freely mm-hmm. and we can help heal some of these things. You totally. Know? So when, when do you foresee your book 
coming out that you're working on and getting all these thoughts into a place where we can get out That's to a good the world question. and help them? God, when is it going to be done? No. Um, I'm hoping to have the rough draft done by the end of the year. I'm pretty close. Then I just have to dive into the publishing end of it and hopefully like to get it out sometime next year. That's awesome. Yeah. So Way cool. to go on writing a book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Seriously. Well, thank you. It's definitely been has this a, a childhood dream of mine. Has this been a, a pandemic action for you? Has this been a pandemic process that you were like, oh, prior no. prior to this, I had started a separate book, which will be my second book, which is a like a games, like a play ba- a play based um, approach to happiness. So it's like a, all these funny games and exercises and that I've combined in my whole life and created and kept, you know found. And I started writing that one, and so that will come on next. But this one. Kind of came on a little, yeah, in the middle of it. Actually, when I started my games, um, I started a challenge in like March for We Write the Story 2020, where I post a new game every day with my family just to help inspire community and actually connection at home. Because I was like, what are parents going to do mm-hmm. when they're stuck at home with their kids all the time? You know, we posted a new game and then <laughs> I have the answer. Yeah. Turns out, turns out the answer eat was drink. drink a lot of alcohol and eat carbs. <laughs> But also play your games because but also yeah, play play games. Games it was side. very helpful. You know, play some games on the side. So yeah. we did that. And then it just I was like, where is this taking me? Where is this evolving? And then it kind of like brought my starting point into the parenting and the communication and then the whirlwind so parenting good. concept. So it's so been, good. It's been a fun, fun thing to be able to do um, to keep me grounded <laughs> as I'm, you know, homeschooling my kids and, you know, living life in the whirlwind. Seriously. Every day. Well, thank you so much for bringing the whirlwind conversation right here with us at the table for the first time. And uh, we will do the links um, to your to your social media so they can follow games and see what you're up to. You have a website? Um, yep, laurahaver.com. <laughs> Perfect. And we'll link to that. Perfect. And this is, by the way, this is only a part one with you. All right. Well, so, <laughs> Yeah. We have a part two planned with you, and uh, but we're right up against our time for podcast one with Laura Haver. And thank you so much yeah, for joining us. It was my us. pleasure. Thanks, everybody. Yay! And welcome to the table, friends that are watching. Yes. We are looking forward to develop this. <laughs> I've been more. so concentrating. I'm just watching everybody. I know. Deep in thought. <laughs> hey, we we have not had a guest since we added our tagline at the end. We haven't. Yeah. Can you say our tagline? You are loved. You are valued. You belong. Giddy up, friends. Thank you.